0: Hello, you're listening to The Joys of Teaching Literature. We're here talking about everything secondary English language arts, high school English. Um, if you want to know more about me, my website's theteachersworkshop.com. I offer online professional development for high school English teachers. Uh, so, yeah, this the topic today is um, media and genre-based units. And I feel like so much of what I try to accomplish with this podcast and my blogs and my online courses is um, basically just to help make our lives easier, uh, make learning more meaningful for students. And this, I feel like um, it, it kind of, I forget where I saw the advertisement. I think I don't know if I saw it on Facebook or if I actually, I, when I had the book at school the other day, um, it's called The Art of the Personal Essay. And I saw another, another teacher saw that I had it and then I was sort of reading different essays and started talking to me about it because she had read it. And I thought, oh, maybe, maybe that's where I came across. I can't remember where I came across it, but decided mm-hmm. to buy it online. And as I was reading the introduction to the book, um, I basically just, oh, it was like epiphany, <laughs> but I, I, cause I think it's something I've thought about before. And I actually think I thought about what I'm describing here is media and genre based units as the future of what we do, although i I think I resisted it because I am so i I just love the novel so much and so much of what I've done in my class is basically the novel now you know that includes plays and uh, you know if you want to throw graphic novels in there but pretty my curriculum my school curriculum is really sort of novel heavy and project-based learning has always been this separate thing where you can do nonfiction and you can do sort of more meaningful work. Now, of course, if you're doing language and composition, it depends on your course. Um, And actually, I think a lot of teachers probably uh, do some combination. Most teachers, I feel like, do some combination of, you know, whatever we call teaching literature. So uh, novels, short stories, poems, essays, You know, and that's a really broad topic to begin with, right? Because I think a lot of different things can fall under essay. And when I say essay, I don't mean just we teach them how to write. I mean we're actually going to study either the personal essay, which really is kind of anything, uh, just a piece of writing on a topic of choice. That could be a personal story, but it also could just be a personal sort of uh, point of view on a topic. Um, And then there's the research essay, the research paper, if you want to call it that. Uh, Interestingly enough, I just listened to a podcast on Freakonomics um, from Freakonomics where they kind of talked about how a lot of, not a lot of, but some academic research and these papers that we cite when we develop our opinions. You go online, you see some citation. um, Actually, there's just a lot of fraud going on. I think the Thing at Harvard recently sort of prompted the episode, maybe, but uh, they basically just went into this whole thing about how there's not a lot of um, sort of double checking on a lot of the research that happens, especially when it comes to psych, they. I think they mostly looked at psychology and how easy it is to kind of fudge the numbers. There and I think they talked a little bit about how it was harder to fudge numbers when it came to economics because people are obsessed with making money, right? So you don't you want to make sure that those numbers are correct because there's profit involved uh, when it comes to the economy and business. Um, So those numbers are maybe a little bit more reliable, uh, but it made me think of the field of education and where there's maybe that maybe it's a possibility there too, uh, where we you know decide to do something or call it a best practice and say, oh, it's well, it's research-based. And now we know that, you know, not – actually, I remember listening to another podcast. I can't remember where they were – somebody did, a, a did research on um, how flawed academia is when it comes to research <laughs> um, and how they – again, they can kind of make the numbers say whatever they want to make it say depending on your point of view and your personal perspective. Uh, your person on all the your bias. And so that's interesting, too, because I think, you know, in in the end, we want to just do what we know is, is kind of the right thing to do. And I, I, I might be thinking about this, the media kind of unit base, which I'll kind of describe in a second. But um, I think I might be thinking about it because it's such a struggle to get kids to read novels, especially really difficult novels. I think novels like The Namesake, The Kite Runner, um, are a little bit easier to get kids to read. But I I also think there's just kids who they just don't want to read a novel. Um, And I I don't know if that's something that has gotten sort of worse over the years or not. Um, Again, talking about research, you know, I'm just using my own experience as my as, you know, I, I guess I'm also sort of thinking about the conversations that people have. In my school, um, generally speaking, our kids, do I feel like, for the most part, do read the novel. I think some kids fall behind because something comes up in their life. They get sick. They don't like the book, (laughs) right? But I'm lucky enough to teach at a school where it's totally fine to teach as many novels as you want. Um, I try to space them out where sometimes I'll have a poetry unit or a short story unit where we're doing something in class, and that gives them the opportunity to have more time to read a novel. So they might get two months to read a novel, say. And the way that I structure my novel units, I've talked a lot about this on the podcast, is I basically, um, while I teach one novel, they read the other novel independently at home on their own. And so that gives them a full four weeks, at least four weeks, uh, to set their own reading schedule. So there's no sort of weekly or biweekly check-ins with quizzes or anything i don't do quizzes i just do reading notes um, and i think that helps like you know encourages kids i've had a lot of my students say like this is the first you're the first class I actually read the novel because i feel like it was easier um maybe they're <laughs> not being truthful we never know if our kids are being truthful but i think for the most part they are uh so but it is just it's something to think i guess i just would have been thinking about that right what like Not everybody loves a novel, but our kids do love various forms of literature. Now, the topic of this podcast is the joys of teaching literature, and I think the word literature, we are, you know, it's it's evolving to be basically high-quality writing, but that also can involve speaking, where you write something, but then you speak it. If it's a speech, you memorize it, right? You write it, then you memorize it, and then you deliver the speech, like a TED Talk, obviously those people have memorized their speeches, but they probably wrote them down beforehand. So it's something that is well-structured, well-organized, contains literary techniques, and there's you know, thousands of those that makes it um, complex and a good conversation starter and high-quality, Whatever, whatever, however we want to describe it. We live in the 21st century, and there's all these different kinds of ways that we communicate. Um, and because that's in a basic sense what literacy is about, speaking, writing, reading. And so so what I was thinking was, like why instead of doing some kind of thematic unit, right, and, you know, where you have an essential question, and you can, of course, I, again, this is where I think the combination comes in, is I think a lot of teachers will teach the novel, but then with that novel, they'll do an essay or a poem or a short story to help explain a concept or a topic in that novel. And so you're, you're sort of bouncing around trying to answer maybe a single question that that book, that novel answers, but also that this article or this newspaper thing or whatever it is that you're doing, you can kind of bring in all these other sources to help you teach the thing. And so, but, you know, at the same time, I guess what I've been thinking about is if we do it genre-based, then the end product is always that genre, a piece of writing in that genre. Right, there's two. Well, there's two pieces of writing, and sometimes I'll do this with p- project-based learning, of course, too. Right, so that's we're sort of mixing and matching all this different stuff. We have the novels, we have project-based learning that sometimes involves other sources and nonfiction because uh, it's supposed to be real world and have an audience and you know and be real in that sense. Uh, we have poems, we have short stories, right? So we're sort of mixing and matching. We're just like all over the place, and so the basic idea of a, a media or genre, and I kind of threw the word media in there because. <laughs> Yeah, when you talk about like a video essay or a documentary, you know, there's genres and then there's just and then there's just various media. And so basically with every unit you have a a particular media or a particular genre that you're focusing on and at the end of the unit you basically have students interpret somebody else's short fiction, poem, whatever it is, podcast. And then they go out and create their own. So the objective is always you're going to be a creator by the end of this short unit. We're going to look at what everybody else has done in this particular sort of area of this method of communication. And then you're going to use that method of communication at the end of the unit. So it's, you're always doing something creative throughout the entire year instead of just interpret this, interpret this, interpret this. Right? Or even just make an argument about this, make an argument about this. Make it, right, so It's all about you read something and then you write something as a consequence of that reading. In this case, you're doing both. You're, you're interpreting the thing that you are reading or in case of video viewing or in the case of podcast you're listening to. But then you're also doing that thing yourself. So you're becoming a, a writer and a creator as much as you are just somebody who absorbs and interprets and analyzes all the time and I and I understand that high school is is primarily a place we probably should be mostly analyzing they can't you know I think I, I remember reading something in in psychology that we don't think for ourselves till we're like 22 25 years old much later than we would would think so I you know point of high school is to just read stuff right? and that's how we become smart is just by learning by learning about the world and we don't necessarily have students don't have that much to offer as far as their own opinion until they get in their 20s but they can practice right you know we're not expecting them to be shakespeare you know and write this famous poem or anything but it's i'm amazed by how creative kids can 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 get and again if you're giving them a model and you're saying hey here check this podcast out it's on this topic that that you might be interested in uh what what topic are you interested in what podcast do you want to make Um, and that way, and it's, I feel like most each unit is going to have that kind of open ended approach. Like you can, uh, basically determine for yourself what you want to write about rather than having this essential question or this one thing that you're focusing on in class. Um, this, it's up to the student and they're going to pick something that they're passionate about and then they're going to want to read more and become an expert in that thing, um, and, and and that so that's basically how media and genre-based units would work. Um, you know, if you focus, say, on a theme, you have, like, Im- immigration, family, status, imagination, fear. So you have these sort of topic-based things. You're like, okay, we're going to talk about war or something, right? Um, or hope. And, again, you have a novel to kind of explore that, but then you also have all these other things, uh, some, like, obviously those themes and topics are, they're just going to be a part of whatever, whatever it is that you're talking about, right? But this is just a, it's a wider range of conversations that you're having because you can basically kind of pick anything. So what I'm imagining here is, you know, you basically, you know, you basically structure the unit like this. And actually, you know, it's interesting. I, I basically took this approach uh, with media studies. So when I taught media studies, this is basically what I did, right? So you come in and you have, I think I only had like f- something like four units for that. So I'm going to describe 10 or 11, but because we have a whole year to teach uh, and the usually electives are a semester long course. And so um, at the beginning of the unit, you select your, so let's just pretend it's a podcast. So you p- select your three or four podcasts and you study those as a whole class. So are like, these are the absolute be- best podcasts of all time, that anybody ever made, right? That's kind of the idea of each unit um let's look at them study them look at how they're structured and organized okay they interviewed people they had an introduction you know all these different things they had music you know transitions here you know um they commented on the person who responded to the question over here they had a statistic over here or some kind of fact over here so you look at all the things that they're doing and even it's just like the logical progression of the podcast. So you would just study that like you would anything, a poem or short story or a novel. You kind of look at the, the, the progression of it and the development of it, right? Just like you would any piece of literature. You look at how it's all laid out, right? So you do that for a couple of podcasts, and then you could then take a list of, say, 30 podcasts. So you have this huge, or say you have 25 kids in your class. A list of 25 podcasts. Either of those kids can pick the, a single podcast for themselves. You could, say, take three or four students and say, okay, you're a group and you're going to do these two or three podcasts. Now, podcasts can be anywhere from 20 minutes to an hour, you know, and videos can be four or five minutes. So it all depends on how much time you want to spend and all that. So, but yes, you say it's a video. Say say you have, you know, five, ten-minute videos. And you're like, okay, so you, three or four, you're going to watch these together um, or, or independently and then come back as a, as a as a group and discuss it. And then you're going to present your interpretation and your, your summary of the videos or the podcast, or whatever it is, poem to the class, right? Especially in the case of poetry, it's really easy it's because you read the poem and what takes one minute. And then every, the rest of the class has now seen it. Now, what I do with my projects is I'll have students play a clip, you know, play the most important clip, make it a minute long so that everybody kind of understands the, the, the argument, the thes- thesis, the main idea of the thing that the, whatever genre that you're in or whatever media that you're tackling. And then you present that to the class. Maybe it's a PowerPoint, maybe it's a poster. I don't know, but they, either way, They or it's just a regular old presentation where they basically just say, this is what this is about. And then you have a conversation about that topic. So even though the rest of the class hasn't you know, viewed the thing themselves, the whole thing, but if it's short enough, you can do that too. We're like, okay, so here's five different videos, pick your favorite one, play the whole thing for the rest of the class, but you guys are going to present uh, on what you think about it, you know, as a presentation. So, and then everybody else in the class takes notes on that presentation. So that everybody, that's everybody's accountable, everybody's engaged, and maybe they use those notes that they take um, somewhere down the line for a writing assignment, something like that. But it's maybe usually just to gain knowledge so that when they produce their final thing, they can use that knowledge if they want to. Um, then, so then after those presentations, you get teachers just sitting back and <laughs> doing a lot of listening, navigating conversations, all that stuff we do. And then you have a formal writing assignment where each student uh, writes uh, an interpretation, like they would on a novel or a short story, whatever it is, you just have them interpret that a single thing could be one for the whole class. It could be, hey, pick one that we did uh, out of the you know the fifteen that we did, pick one, or you could have them you know have, have one that they've never seen before, a poem they've never seen before, for instance, um, or you could have a selection. You pick one of these four you know TED talks, whatever it is, uh, and I want you to write about it. And so that's the sort of formal interpretation. And then as a final assignment after that, and you could kind of package it as one grade if you want, just to cut down on grading a little, uh, you have students um, create their own podcast. So it's not an interpretation of a podcast. It's you're creating the podcast yourself. So that's the kind of flow of the class. You have your classwork. You have your kind of two writing assignments which you could package as a single grade because one's creative, one's not, and you just kind of say you have some kind of rubric maybe. Um, So you don't, like, I feel like I have to give A's on all creative work, so that kind of eliminates that kind of pressure of, oh, well, this is something they created and they had a lot of fun with. Shouldn't I just give it an A? That kind of thing. Like, no, you're just kind of putting it together with the interpretive writing that they had. You know, maybe you wait one more than the other. I, I don't know. But that's, you know, basically the idea of the unit is that you go out and you, you interpret something as a class, let them interpret in groups or independently, uh, have conversations about it, write on a single piece, and then create a single piece uh, piece of work as a consequence. So that's sort of the end of the unit. So that's how each of these units would sort of progress in a genre or media-based unit. Um. The good thing about this is a lot of these genres or media that I'm talking about uh, are short enough where you can do it in class and you don't have to assign it as homework. That's the that's the biggest benefit, right? Because we, I think, I feel like I keep thinking about how I can eliminate homework because that's a big part of equity in the class. Some kids have the space and time to read a novel, um, and some kids don't. Um, and i think reading a novel is a is a thing that obviously we're, we're, i'm not stopping teaching novels and i don't think that's you know the the point um but i think that there is room to expand on some of the more fun things we do throughout the year and i found myself doing this anyway i found myself every year basically expanding on poetry units short story units essay units and then it's like, it's challenging because you're like, okay, so what novel am I not going to teach this year? You have to, you can't just do it all. Um, although this may be where book clubs come in and it could be where student choice related to novels come in, right? Where you have a list of different novels and students just pick the one they want to read as opposed to the one that you're forced, the nine that you force them to read all year. I've taught as many as nine novels. Um we do a novel a month, just about around ten months, nine months, and that's how I've, I've done it. And it's it's a lot. Um, and reading makes them better writers. I mean, that's the trade off. I think when they read a lot, when they read a lot of novels, it helps them become a much better writer. So, but what we're doing here is you know maybe both, where they're still reading the novel. They have enough time to do it because there's a bunch of stuff in class that we're doing. But that is the that's the nice thing is that. Kids come to school, learn something, and go home. <laughs> right? Like, it's really the way it should be. Um, and of course, there's, they can, you know, read a couple of extra poems or read an extra novel if they want. There's always that stuff they can just do because they feel like it, because that's what, that's what the kind of adult that we want them to be is somebody who just reads because they feel like it. And so that might be the consequence of what happens. Some kids are going into business and engineering, and they have zero interest in reading novel when they get home. And some kids are going to enjoy reading a novel. And I don't know if we necessarily have to, like, sort of force a love of reading novels on them. I can try as hard as I can because I love it. We all love it. That's why <laughs> we majored in English. Uh, but the reality is that some kids don't. Um And so it's always there for them if they want it to be but this is like a it's a mixture of both so it's just something i've been thinking about so the i'm just going to go quickly through the 10 units uh, or 11 units uh, that you could use in this year-long you know media and genre based curriculum so the first one's i mentioned a lot of them already so one is poetry I do you and think about this with each unit you can do whatever you want <laughs> you know it's poetry so I do contemporary poets romantic poets uh, you can do epic poetry um, I can you can do slam poetry you can do uh, motion poetry is this new kind of video based uh, thing online where contemporary poets will read their poems out loud to these videos uh, my favorite poem is a project from robert pinsky there's all i mean there's no shortage poetry out loud is where students recite poems i play poems from all different parts so it doesn't have to just be written word poetry uh you know poetry on a page but it can be a lot of other stuff too uh so that's one unit and again at the end what you know what i've done with poetry so i was gonna create a writing class i had a sonnet competition so everybody's got to write a sonnet everybody you know you take the name off it have a vote i gave a little prize at the end a little certificate poetry champion (laughs) you know that all that kind of fun stuff that can come out of a creative end of the unit uh so that's the i think the and i i was thinking about the order of this like if i were to do it myself i would probably do it in this order um i'm not sure 100 why but i feel like it made a little bit of sense in my head when i did it um the second one's drama or plays so i Typically, again, this is what I already do. So it's not even like I'm going to revolutionize the entire thing. I do uh, Hamlet second. I do poetry, then I do Hamlet because it's challenging. And at the beginning of the year, we really learn all the literary techniques. It's filled with metaphors. And by the time they're done with it, they have this skill that they're going to use for the rest of the year. We use, we watch movies, movie versions of the play. We compare movie versions. So we're already starting to talk about media and media literacy and all of that. Uh, So that's the second unit is drama. So you can pick any play you want. And if you want, at the end of that unit, I've done this before too, where kids make little skits or little plays, little script. They could use that script for a video later on or film later on. Um, There's all kinds of different playwrights uh, to do with that unit. And with each of these, you know, if you want to be really ambitious, you could do two. uh, Two or three um, plays and just a couple of poems you could do. I do as many as, I don't know, 30 poems. I do a lot of poems. Um, anyway, the third unit, <laughs> you're going to think I'm crazy, is just a single image. And you know this is the thing. So <laughs> you're like, how am I going to do a month long unit on, you know, a photograph or a painting? Well, you don't have to. It can be you, Each of these units can be one week, they can be two days, they can be, six weeks i do sometimes poetry takes me six weeks uh so it's really up to you to, to determine how long you want to spend on each of the unit but the basic idea is like before you make a film or a movie or watch a movie short film uh you should think about a single image like in detail where you have a long conversation about this one picture and what it communicates when, when was it taken? Where was it taken? Like, what news story was it? If it was photojournalism, or if it's a painting from a certain time period. Um, so we're not going to be art history teachers, but it can be fun to just, as, you know, as English teachers, just to say, okay, everything in an image is symbolic. What does all of the parts of this image represent? Why is there light here and shadow here? What does this color represent? Why is it this angle where they're looking up or looking down? Um, why are these three people here? Um, what does this indicate about power? And like all the stuff that we normally do is like talk about emotions. And, you know, that's, it's just a conversation about symbolism, right? And so that's that unit. Um, just like you, and the idea is just like you would interpret words and phrases, you're interp- you can also interpret images in the same way. And so it sets up the rest of the year that way. So f- the fourth unit would be a short fictional film. So there's a lot of really great on uh, Vimeo it is. the uh, It's like a fancy YouTube uh, where they have sort of professionally done videos that are fictional. They also have, I mean, they have a lot of different stuff on there. But um, that's a place to go to. And you can actually, I think, you know, I think I downloaded the app onto my app. Well, not my Apple TV, my uh, Fire TV um, so you can just, like, watch those short videos on your television as opposed to, like, a computer. Um, so you can kind of do it just for fun. Um, and then pick which ones you want to use in the classroom. And those are great. I use those a lot of those for filmmaking. And we really have these very long extended conversations about and, – And the great thing is just, like, a, sh- a close reading where you kind of, like, really take some time in a line or two of poetry – what I'll do is just freeze the frame and just leave the image up there, and or just play the clip for 10 or 15 seconds, and we're like, all right, so what happened in that clip? And you have this extended conversation about what happened in that clip, just like you would with literature. Um, it, it seems like it might be out of our area of expertise, but it, it's not. Um, and you and it's really it's about like good teaching is just navigating conversations with your students they should be the ones that have a lot to say if you just ask questions that's all we're doing is just asking questions and then helping them be we're, we're a model for in how to interpret a film a little bit but we're also just navigating the conversation so the fifth unit is uh, short stories and short fiction um so that's self-explanatory. The, the big thing I focus on there is the backstory. If you have a really short story, that's some of the stories I do are paragraph length. Some of them are five pages. Some of them I did the first chapter of uh, Metamorphosis. Yeah, You don't always have to do a single page. You could do the first chapter. I do the first chapter of Invisible Man. So that's why I call it short fiction because I kind of choose excerpts sometimes. Um, the two things I cover there, the backstory, like what do we imagine about the rest of the story, the story that we're not getting in the actual story um, that, that might help explain the character's behavior. Uh, that's really important for filmmaking too. Uh, and then the who's telling the story and who's not telling the story. I think that's a sort of a good question. Sometimes you have this narrator, it's an important question to ask, why are they telling the story or why is this in third person? And why is it not from so-and-so's perspective? Well, if it was from so-and-so's perspective, this is how they would tell the story, right? So it's about seeing things from a certain point of view. And that's the conversation that you take into the, again, short film where uh, you think about who's like what, where the camera is and whose perspective you're getting and what information, you know, what information you don't know. And that's all the, the things that make literature literature is about perspective and and understanding reality from one or a few lens uh you know based on various uh, you know and you can have flashbacks and you can have different things like that that you talk about as well too but those are the two main things who's telling the story and the backstory um now of course number six is novel and again you can do four i'm just thinking about it because i do a lot of novels um and you again, if you you can make the poetry unit really short and make you can have a few novel units, you don't just obviously have to have one. This is already what we do, right? So you just have to determine how many novels you want to do. Can some of those novels be a book club style where they pick one of the i I'm, I'm a big advocate of you have to read the book. You can't teach a book that you have not read um i've tried it before i haven't read the books and just throw a list at them like in summer reading sometimes we throw these huge this huge list at them and i don't always read all those books but i just think it's important as a teacher to be the the, the authority in the room be able to answer questions about particular characters and the plot so as long as you've read them all um I, with book clubs i've taken books that i no longer teach dr faustus i used to teach every man uh, sir Gawain and the green knight uh, take these old texts that I used to teach and I'll throw them on the list. So kids can really think about it. over the years, like Gawain's a good example. There's certain kids, or Beowulf, you know, kids, certain kids love Beowulf, but they're not all going to love Beowulf. So if you give them the option and you have the book in class and they start reading it a little and they decide what book they want to teach, that you could put a group of five of those books that, that maybe a few students liked, but not all of them, and then you give them the option of choice. And then you, but you've read all the books, so whatever activities that you have, you have certain activities. So like I have all the lesson plans and stuff for those books. So it would be easy for me to like expect work from you know. But I, yeah, this is a bigger question because I do like teaching one book to the entire class. That's just what I prefer. It's easier for me. Good conversations are the best there. I like how they can just be in the same room and have the same conversation. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I don't know what everybody's opinion on that is, but. That's kind of how I feel about it. I always want to do one novel with the whole class. Um, but, yeah, so then the seventh one is... And, of course, at the end of this unit, you're not going to have them write a novel, but they could write a chapter of a novel. They could write the first few, first few pages. They could they could maybe organize a novel. So they can uh, have chapters and plots and episodes and just write one episode or something like that. Um, so there's different things that you oh, you can also... Oh, take the point of view of this character that we didn't hear from and write a chapter from their perspective or a short just a couple pages from their point of view uh, what's the other good one yeah like oh this the uh, you can add a chapter so add an, you know if the chapter if the book ends on a cliffhanger or something alright end the book with another chapter you write the chapter um, that's a really valuable activity because then they write in the style of the writer and that's a really good thing to practice for young writers uh, so the seventh unit would be personal essay. Uh, so that's uh, essay on a topic. I mentioned this before. It's an essay on a topic. That's it. There's, you don't have to. You can talk about your dog. You can talk about couches. You can talk about nature. Um, it's an essay on a topic. You could talk about a personal experience, a personal essay. So you could talk about it. You could just tell a story. You could tell a story and you could talk about couches. <laughs> um and the more random and fa- they, they, that can, they could can be satirical. I've done an, a unit where I had satirical essays where they poke fun at some human behavior. Uh, there was somebody <laughs> somebody wrote about urinal etiquette, <laughs> which is really funny. Uh, we did the whole thing with the Spectator and the Tatler. Um, so that's a possibility too. So you teach these essays from the 1700s, the Spectator and the Tatler, where they're making fun of you know people in carriages and rich people who are getting in everybody's way around town because there's no uh, traffic laws back then. Uh, or the, the, they, that one essay, they're talking about all the different commercials and how graphic and absurd they are, that uh, you can smell better. And, you know, fa- they talk about fashion. They talk about taxes. Uh, and they're all funny. And they always have these little guest writers that are just fictional writers that write in and say the most ridiculous, absurd things. And it's just supposed to be funny. So there's a lot that you can do with a personal essay unit uh, rather than just—and, you know, you go to the Best American Essays. Those are great essays. Um, I actually have collections of them in in my room along with the Best American Short uh, Fiction—Best American Short Stories. sorry. Um, And so students can sort of just browse through those to get an idea of what it is that they want to write about. Then you have the research essay where they actually do have to gather statistics— facts evidence quotes uh, that could be again it just all you could just give it give it up to them if they want to do the you know pick pick one of your favorite novels and, and you can do literary analysis and read literary analysis of that novel if you want to do that that's fine if you want to do something about the housing market or the economy or government i don't know you know they pick pick the topic and they go do a bunch of research on it and then they write an essay on it um, so that can be open-ended too the ninth one is the podcast. So I've mentioned that already, but that's pretty easy because you just and I, you think that they wouldn't listen to a, an hour of a podcast in class, but my kids will just sit there silently and listen and take notes. As long as you have scaffolded notes, like anything else with a novel, short story, you always have scaffolded notes. Or there's different page numbers and topics that they're supposed to take notes on as you, as you have class conversations to follow along. They just sit there and they take notes. And then they look at those notes and they use them uh, for the conversation that you have about the podcast. And those are some of the best conversations that I have um, all year long. And you can stop, you know, think about it. You can push pause and just, hey, you want to talk about what they just said here? And you can do all that stuff. And it's really just like you would in a, in a no- novel a short story. You just sort of just push pause and talk about the thing. Uh, and then keep going. So that's the ninth unit. The the, the So I'm going to get to the, the tenth one is video. So it's video, eth- essays, documentary, and speech, or speeches. Um, before I get to that, the other, the eleventh novel, uh, the eleventh unit that I was going to talk about was sort of in the novel unit. I was th- actually thinking of doing a separate eleventh unit on um, graphic novels. So when you think about it, that's its own genre right there. So again, these are all, this is all media and genre. So that would be another one. And creating that could be challenging for a lot of students, but I've had students write children's literature where they write little cartoons and be amazed that there's always like an artist in one, if you have six kids in a group, there's always an artist in there. Um, There's also ways of creating graphics online now that could be really fun. Uh, creating graphic novels online, um, but the graphic novel that could be a separate unit, or you could include it in the novel unit. So anyway, so the last unit would be the video essay, or the documentary, or the speech. What I'm saying with video essay is basically just an, an a voiceover. The student writes the. Uh, I talk a lot about this with my the projects that I give, and very different uh, as podcasts that I've gotten to. Um, so you have a piece of writing, formal piece of writing. They write it down. They record a reading of that piece of writing, and then they include clips and images to cor- that correspond to what they are saying. It could be a graph. If it's statistics, obviously it's going to be an image from a news article or something like that. Uh, if it's per- like I do with something that's more personal at the end of the year, so if it's more personal, they're obviously using em- photographs that they've taken, videos that they've taken, uh, and so it's more original in that way. But either way, that, so that would be a video essay that can be in the style of a documentary where they talk about a, again, a topic of choice. Um, Vox does a lot of really great sort of, what do you call them, informational videos. I I don't know, this is the thing with all these, uh, all media and and genres are, are that they're you can call them different things, but Vox does these informational videos where they ha- they have moving graphics to help you kind of understand statistics and historical events and different, and, and they couple them with interviews and things that people said in the news or whatever. Uh, so, so you could use those as models, um, this can be a little more technical along with the short film unit where they make a short film, but I'm telling you, it's, it's it's actually incredibly easy. And these kids, all they do is just drop the video into the presentation, cut it a little bit if it's, if, you know, they need to cut a little bit of it off. Um, but even like terms I use with filmmaking, uh, biff, like B-roll footage and voiceovers, it, it's actually not that hard um, to say like play a video and then have a audio voice going over it, and then to come back into the video where somebody's talking again, something, like, or have like a, you know, somebody playing soccer. You can hear them kicking the ball around while they're talking about what they love about soccer or something like that. So while you're interviewing person, you're listening to their voice, you're watching them, you're listening to their voice, and then you're watching them play soccer while you're listening to their voice, and then you go back to watching them, right? That kind of stuff is actually not that complicated. So that's kind of what you're doing, or, you know, this could also be um, TED Talks. Um, But this is, in essence, like the video portion, where it's like, okay, so you're gonna have a TED Talk, but you also, in a TED Talk, might have a PowerPoint going where you talk about different graphics and different, or play a short video like they do in a TED Talk. So it's it's a sort of fancier PowerPoint Although PowerPoint is another, they cre- you can just export as a video now. You just have a PowerPoint, throw a video into the slide, and at the end of the presentation, you just export it as a video. I'm telling you, it's, it's so easy to do video. Um, there's really no reason why we shouldn't allow our students to be experts in these means of communication that they're going to be expected to do probably for their job, where they have to present something or sell something, even if they're not going to be, you know, literature lovers like us and just study novels all year like we do um but it is there's just all these really fun ways of communicating and so basically the course could be hey you know i'm going to teach you all these different ways to communicate and that's the bait i'm going to show you the greatest examples all human history of you know these different ways that we communicate it's there's it's a play and a performance it's a it's a film a podcast and so literature and stories are always the the foundation of everything that we do Um, we're just now updating (laughs) updating what we do because we live in 2024 and there's a lot of different really easy ways to express yourself and it didn't used to be easy it used to be really hard and there are some hard things about like storing large files and you know i run hiccups all the time in filmmaking with oh this this clip is not playing and or it's not exporting correctly or it exports as like a 6 gigabyte file how can i make that smaller and there's all kinds of different little little things that are going to get in your way but these are very realistic problem solving skills that we are teaching our kids they're going to have to problem solve that stuff once they get out into the world i mean they're going to be when they're out in the world they're going to be wearing these goggles and doing presentations virtually with goggles and there's going to be hiccups there too, and they need to, to learn how to like solve these technical technical problems um, with their teachers' help, but also independently. So we're giving them this different sort of skill set that's very necessary, important part of the world that we live in, while also you know um, teaching them to to really value and appreciate. Uh, literature and poetry and short fiction all the stuff that we normally do we're just kind of doing it all above the approach all of the above approach we're just dividing it into these units that move fast that that uh that occur in the classroom right and if you say you want to do novels let them read them at home all year long and then have a sort of truncated short unit where they come in have a quick conversation do a couple exercises, and then write an essay on it. Yeah, you know, We don't have to spend six weeks or or eight weeks uh, covering every single passage in a novel. Um, there's a lot of more exciting stuff that we can do to keep our kids engaged, make them want to be a part of class, be excited to go to class, because they can always produce something um, when they're a part of our class. I mean, we, we're valuing their voice. We're valuing the choices that they make when they pick a topic to... When they create something, we're giving them the time in class so, if we're, so we're there to sort of assist them along the process and helping them problem-solve. Um, I think it's a really—I think this is a long, old debate, um, but I think it's, it's definitely worth thinking about, and it's something that I f- have found myself doing more and more every year where I basically just expand the projects because the kids love it so much and then really just doing the essentials of the novels that I cover so they're still reading the novels. They're still getting to the most important passages in the novel. Um, they're still reading the novel at home. Uh, but they're coming to class doing all of... Their, we're spending more time in class uh, having these conversations about the world that they live in um, and these things that are going to impact their lives. And just, you know, to focus on that element of literacy, which is the good, the good old-fashioned like interaction face-to-face. Uh, converse, long deep conversation uh, that these kids are not having when they just go on their phones and scroll away at mindless media posts for the sake of entertainment and <laughs> yeah I could go on and on about that but that's that's what we're trying to counter here is like hey well, let's have some real conversations learn to be civil with each other listen to each other's opinions and points of views um, and then produce something that that is your opinion and 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 a little bit of your uh, view of the world. Um, and that's what media and genre-based units. That's the objective. Um, I do have. I'm probably going to work on expanding it as I go along. But I, I sort of rebranded the free literacy blocks. Um, I have this little, little, it's like a five buck, five dollar uh, project on my teachers pay teachers page. Um, that's I'm calling. I'm, that's what I'm working on this year. Is the conversation project. And That's why I'm. Every I think everything I just said is basically. Um, just in the spirit of let's have good conversations and and discuss uh, media that will get us to have meaningful, good, deep conversations. And so that's called the Conversation Project. on my Teachers Pay Teachers page um, on the joys of teaching literature. Um, So you can sort of check that out. And all it is now is just a huge list of of sources, links to videos, podcasts, images, um, to get you started if this is the direction you want to go. And I know I'm going to, if it's a year long curriculum, I'm going to, you know, have to kind of expand on it and make it more detailed, but that's, that's kind of what I do every year anyway. (laughs) Um, so, so yeah, so that's, that's something if you're like excited about this and you, and you're like, all right, so how do I do this? That's like a pretty kind of cheap, quick way of, uh, just getting started. I think there's something like 90, 80, 80, or 90 links to different, like sort of interesting thing, I I just pick stuff that I thought teenagers would be really interested in learning about and talking about, uh, podcasts, videos, uh, essays. You know, like all the all the different, not all the genres that I mentioned. Um, I have poetry units and stuff on there too. Those are sort of separate files, but that's at least one project. If you want to just kind of get your feet wet, you're like, ah, I just want to maybe have a you know a little bit of you know say my spring semester uh with some fun stuff to do. You know, that that would that would get you started. Um so thank you for listening and uh if you I uh, would really enjoy, love if you uh gave me a, a review wherever you uh listen to your podcasts to get the word out about this. Thank you so much.